Hi, I'm Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools. In today's edition of Inside Education, I'll interview Round Valley High School 2021 graduate Gerald Britton. Britton will share his experiences of his internship with Keat TV in Eureka and the Public Broadcasting Service, which gave Britton the opportunity to make his movie titled From Ridge to River and From Fish to Fire. This show was pre-recorded on June 23, 2021. Gerald, tell me a little bit about you. I know you just graduated from Round Valley High School last Friday, but tell us a little bit more about you. Where were you born? What was your first language? And where did you attend elementary and secondary school? My name is Gerald Britton III. Everyone calls me Bam. I got that nickname from the show Flintstones. Um, Bam Bam, that little character on there. <laughs> um, I was born in Ukiah, California. Well, first off, I, I live in the Round Valley Indian Reservation here in Cobolo. I was born in Ukiah, California. I'm 17, year old, 17 years old right now. Just graduated a few days ago. My first language was is English. I took two years of Wailaki language, a Native American language here in Cobolo. And I took two years of Spanish in my high school. So that you have multiple languages that you're capable of speaking. Yeah. So how did you get this opportunity? You were recently awarded an internship with Keat TV through the public broadcast system. What conditioned allowed, conditions allowed you to participate in that opportunity? Well, one of my teachers, Kelda Britton, teachers and, and my family member, she knew that I was interested in going into natural resources because I previously was in her class and she knew that I liked being outdoors and we was on a break, a school break, and she um, she texted me. It was like, there's the opportunity for an internship, and you were the first person that I thought of. So I thought about it for a little bit. Then I I kind of like thought about the future of how it could help me out because I like being outdoors and I want to learn more about it. So I felt that was a good opportunity for me to take it. So I learned more learn more about the outdoors and what goes on out there. So this was not something you did completely on your own. You did have help from the school. Yeah. Anyone we else? Had a, uh, we had a little kind of project team that we would go on weekly Zoom calls every Friday to go over the agenda and previous field trips that we would take. Um, I had help. Kelda was the main person that helped me out. Um, I'm very thankful to have her. And like I said, the team that we had, we went, they would help me take videos and give me advice and help me ask questions and kind of just help me step out of my comfort zone when it comes to talking in front of people. And of course, my family supporting me, telling me I can do it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So... Was there any kind of application involved or competition for this internship? Yeah, I think I was just a lucky student that got chosen. Um, I'm not too sure about that, to be honest. I just know that there was maybe a few students that could have got chosen. 
But like I said, I think I was a lucky one that got chosen, and I'm thankful that I did. Sometimes we'll take luck, right? Yep. Totally. <laughs> Do you think the pandemic changed your experience for this internship? Surprisingly, it, um, I believe it helped me out. I feel like if the pandemic wasn't here, then I wouldn't have had the opportunity to take the internship because the pandemic shut down school and that gave me more time to focus on the video editing and going out on the field trips. And I feel like if school was in session where I was going to school every day, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do all that. For our listeners, um, can you explain what Keat TV is about? Our listeners may not know what Keat TV is. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, from what I know of, they just help produce videos and movies and stuff like that. Um, that's pretty much all I can say. <laughs> What about the student media showcase that you participated in? Can you explain to our listeners what that is? Yeah, they um, it was on Zoom, unfortunately. They gave us 10 minutes exactly to just show a, kind of a snippet of our video and kind of talk about it. I know my video, it was kind of cut off when it was um, almost done. But yeah, they gave us 10 minutes. There was a me along with a few other students from around the around the states and we just kind of explained it and showed what our video was about is this showcase something other local youth could participate in um i think it was just a kind of a one-time thing for this moment i'm sure they'll have more if there's um students that take internships and get the opportunity like I have to present on a showcase. So then there's a good chance for other local youth to be involved. That would take act action on the school officials part. It's not yeah, something. And the, and the Eel River recovery project their one of their main goals is to get the youth out learning about the outdoors and getting, getting them more involved. So if there's youth out there that want to, take the step to do that okay um just reach out and that's the eel river recovery project yeah good was this your first internship yeah it was my first internship and my first video slash movie i've ever made so was it what you expected it would be yeah i would say it's what I expected it to be. Um, it took me a while to actually pick a topic I wanted to talk about. So when we went on our first field trip, I was just taking footage of everything and hoping just to put something together. And that's exactly what happened. Explain that a little more if you would. So our first, our very first field trip, we went out towards Laytonville in the forest right there. And at that time, I still didn't know what I wanted my video to be about. I kind of had a had an idea, but it was kind of all over the place. I wanted to talk about wildlife, fires, the land, and just all kind of different topics. Then I had I realized that I had to pick kind of just one or two 
to talk about. And it kind of came later on. And then I was stuck kind of last minute making video edits. <laughs> so then tell if you could explain a little bit about what ways this was an expected experience. You said it met your expectations. How did it meet your expectations? Yeah, I knew I was going to gain some knowledge. That was my main goal. That's why I took the internship to gain knowledge about the outdoors and also just become more open as a person. Like I said, to ask questions and to interview like right now, I could say like a few months ago, I wouldn't be comfortable doing it. So it helped me out. It gave me knowledge about the outdoors, about the forests and the rivers, but also helped me out as a person. To be able to speak to a topic. Yeah. Good. So then how was this different? Were you ever able to get into the Keat TV studio physically or was the internship 100% via Zoom with that part of it? Yeah, I would say uh, mainly like phone calls with like uh, Katie Whiteside. She's, um, I'm sure, the director of Keat TV. Don't take my word. I'm not positive, but I know she's involved with that. And she would she would call me and check up on how the video is going and via email. But yeah, it was all over kind of virtually. So the editing you did at home? Yeah, on my own time. Wow. How did you prepare for this experience? What did you do in advance? Oh, I just kind of kind of went with it. I was just took things as they were happening at that moment. Just learning. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I said, I was just thinking of ideas and getting all my footage and just trying to tell myself that I need a topic to talk about. And it kind of came later in the internship. How long did the internship last? I would say maybe April, April to June. It seemed a lot longer than that. So a few I'm months. Positive. Yeah, a few months. How was the internship structured? Um, we would we would go on um, Zoom calls. Like I said, we had a little team of about five people. We'd go on Zoom calls every Friday mornings at nine o'clock and talk about the agenda and talk about previous and future field trips. And they would check up on me to see how my video is coming. And if I had any questions, they were very flexible. Wanted something, they would fix it. So it would make it easier on me. Um, we did that. We would plan field trips. We took about two big field trips. We went, one, we went to Laytonville for a day and the other one, we went out to Hettenshaw Valley a couple of hours from here. We stayed the night there with one of the experts that we interviewed. And that was a pretty cool experience. The, another different one for me coming, staying somewhere that I haven't been. So that was pretty, that was a good experience. This is Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools. You're listening to Inside Education. I am interviewing Gerald Britton, a recent graduate, 2021 graduate of Round Valley High School. Britton recently had a 
internship with Keat TV, and he is sharing his experiences in the making of his movie. So tell me again, Gerald, um, what did it change over time, this internship? Was from the development of themes to the actual making of the movie? Or was it pretty much you were recording and then put all the film, put all the clips together into a theme at the end? How did it work? Yeah, I took a lot of footage kind of all together and I looked through it and looked at what was talked about by the experts and I just had to pick a topic. And that's when I noticed that there was a lot about forced health and control burning which had a large part in the movie. And personally, I wanted to talk about fish, so I included that because I feel like that's a question I always had was why don't fish um, run here as much as they used to? You know, I'm always talked to by my family and my elders, how they used to catch fish a lot back in the day. But if you look at it today, today it's not very common to catch that many and that's just a question I always had so I wanted to include the fish so I just put that all together and went with it what was your favorite part of this internship having the opportunity to come out of my comfort zone I um I was kind of I was kind of a quiet person before I took this internship I was I wasn't very open I didn't like to ask questions, right? I wasn't a fan of just going out and kind of being the center of attention. Um, but now I can happily say that I'm kind of out of that phase. I can talk to people. I could ask, I could ask them questions and I can feel comfortable doing it. That was my favorite part, just becoming more open as a person. That's excellent. Thank you for sharing that. You took a whole bunch of field trips in order to get footage and to interview different people. Where did you go? Who did you talk to? And what did you learn when going to these different places? And I I know you went to a lot, so if we can kind of just list through a couple of them, that'd be great. I went with um, a couple of local places around here, like around the mountains and the rivers. and just got to explain the topics about that from one of the experts, um, kind of like me, kind of, he was kind of quiet. <laughs> so we got along pretty well. And um, the biggest field trip, we went out to Hentenshaw Valley, about a couple hours away from Kovalo. Uh, I never been there before, before, before that. So I was excited to do that. And I didn't even know that that was a place out there. Um, that was my favorite one. I stayed overnight and I got I had dinner with the, um, the team and the experts I got to interview, like John Elgin, Woods Wilson, and just the whole team. And it was a good experience. That was my favorite one. And before that, we went out to Laytonville in the forest. That's when I started taking my first footage. That was for a day. And that was a good experience as well. I had fun doing that. What were your the experts that were with you? What were they experts in? 
just their knowledge about the land, being there their whole life and seeing what actually goes on. And kind of just, yeah, like being being there on the land through their time and realizing what's going on and what needs to be fixed and what they've tried to do to improve it. So they would be experts maybe in tree health, forest health, experts potentially? Yeah. Yeah. Did you get have the opportunity to speak to any of the uh, Round Valley tribal elders? Yeah, I uh, spoken to Ernie Merrifield. Tell me one of the most knowledgeable people that you can find. He's like a dictionary here in Covalo. <laughs> um, interviewed him a few times, and he's always um open to interview and talk about things. He likes to tell stories while he's explaining the facts that go along. And that's what's so good about him is you can just sit there and talk to him for hours and it'll go by quick because you're just taking in so much knowledge. What sort of things did you learn in interviewing him? We learned a lot about the topics that I discussed in the video. He, he explained the fish health not so much the forest, but the fish and the land and some stories about what he experienced and just the things that go that went that happened in here in Kovalo back in his when he was younger. That must have been an excellent opportunity for you. Yeah, it definitely was. So how did you come about the subject of your movie from Ridge to River and from Fish to Fire? Ridge to, Ridge to River, I got the ridge because there was, there was the big old fire, the August complex that happened. And you can see the ridges getting burnt. And when we went out to Henshaw, that's all you can see out there is all the, everything burnt. So that's where I got the ridge. And I got from to the river, that's when the fish happened. That's when that was discussed and the pollution in the river and all the problems with that. Then fish, of course, then to fire. So it just all came together. I was just sitting here thinking of a title and it just came up to me. So what was the most, what inspired you the most about this title? Kind of just seeing everything that's happened. I, I came up with it after I got back from the Hentenshaw trip because I've seen how it looked out there. I never seen how, I never seen like the outcome of the August complex until I went out there to that trip. And it was just, it was pretty sad going through the road and seeing the surroundings all burnt up. So it kind of just clicked in my mind. Was, was this part of a larger project or was this a standalone movie? I would say sort of both. Um, like the main goal was to get the movie done and to talk about what I've learned. But I feel like this is also aimed to something bigger to improve the land and the forest and the river and everything outdoors. So I think it's just another, it can be told as another step to something bigger. Hmm. 
what did you hope your movie will accomplish? I hope that it will just inspire people, the youth now and the upcoming generations to see what's going on outdoors. And not only the generations, just people now, even the elders and even you guys, just to see what's going on and what can be changed and just inspire everyone just to, if you want change, just got to be the change. Yes. How was it distra- so? You, what type of support did you get as you moved through this internship? How was it structured so that you would feel like you succeeded and feel connected to a group of people supporting you? Yeah, I was always told um, when I would finish it, I would feel better. <laughs> so I just kept working and waited for that moment. Um, Kelda, Kelda Britton was my biggest supporter. She was always there and keeping in contact with me. That's your teacher? Yeah, that's my teacher and my um, relative. Um, it wouldn't be possible to make the video if, without her and without the whole team checking up on me and my mom asking me if I'm if I did any edits on the video. And I had a lot of support and I got a lot of support even outdoor, outside of this video, like just life. I got a lot of support everywhere. So you felt it was helpful in getting it done? Yeah, if I didn't have support, the video wouldn't be published right now. How did you know what to ask the people you interviewed? I would think of questions when we on the way to the trips. I'm kind of a last minute person. So instead of planning my questions, I would think of them while, as we're going out there. And just kind of anything that pops up in my mind, even like a simple question, like, is this certain animal still here or is it instinct? Like kind of just any question that I wanted to know, I would ask. Were you nervous? Yeah, in the beginning I was nervous. Like the very first Laytonville trip, that was the very first step of me learning how to ask questions and how to be in the center taking footage with my iPad. It's just a learning experience. Good. Did you receive any help in learning how to interview someone? Um, I would say, yeah, just being talked to about it. Like Kelda would always tell me, don't be nervous. Just feel the moment and just go for it and prepare myself. Did you find it fun? Yeah, now that I look back at it, it was fun. Would you do it again? Yeah, of course. Good. So now I want to ask you some questions, if you don't mind, about your schooling and your school experience. Again, this is Michelle Hutchins, and you're listening to Inside Education. I'm the County Superintendent of Schools, and I have the opportunity to be interviewing Gerald Britton today, who is a recent graduate of Round Valley High School. So, Gerald, as a Native American student, in what ways did the school community learn about you? Learn about your family and your culture? Yeah, I have a, a very huge family. So everyone kind of knew who I was and knew my parents and here, here in Round Valley, everyone, you know, everyone, we, 
the Indian dance and just have like our own culture that everyone loves. And being a student here in Round Valley, it's been great for me. I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have had good, I wouldn't went to school any other place. Um, I'm thankful that I've got to graduate here. Do you feel that Round Valley Unified School District is a different experience for a Native student than um, going to school in another district in our county? Um, I don't think so. I think we can benefit in any school. In any school? Um, not, yeah. Good. Thank you. What were the reactions of teachers and students when you would share stories? of your culture or your life? Um, I'm pretty sure the teachers who've been around a while, they kind of figured it out as their time expanded here in Round Valley. And just listening to the students talk about the traditions, like um, Indian days, that's my favorite part of the year. But I'm pretty sure teachers, they just listen and they they hear what students talk about, and if they're here long enough, they just pick up on it. When is Indian Days? It's usually late September. Is that something that members of the public can attend? Yeah, anyone can attend. doesn't matter where you're from or what town you're from. You can come. There's a lot of fun stuff to do. There's softball games. There's different um, booths with uh, native jewelry and um, come back around three. Sold. and there's a rodeo. There's all kind of different things on um, Indian days. So then do you feel that the design of the school day was supportive of your learning needs as a native student? Yeah, of course. Um, in what ways? It was just supportive. Um, well, school, it was just, it just happened. The pandemic happened at the right time. Gave me the opportunity to go and get the internship done with. And like I said, the teachers, they've asked me of how I was doing. And they tell me they're proud of me that I'm doing this, taking this opportunity because they knew it would help me out in the future. Good. Were there any ever were there ever any data sources shared with you about your learning or the learning of your fellow students? Um, not that I know of. Do you feel the policies or practices of the schools, like the schedules or any pullout supports you attended supported your growth? Yeah, with me, the school was, it was very flexible with me, but I'm a very, I know my, I know my priorities when it comes to school and I, I put school before anything. I know when I played basketball, I'd make sure I get my grades good and realize that a student becomes before sports and any extra curricular activities, but the schedule for the school, uh, the teachers have been very nice to me and help me out and just get me ready for college. 
Did anyone ever say anything about you in school that particularly supported your school success or slowed you down? Um, I would say uh, Mark Smith, the principal, he uh, talks to me a lot and gave me a lot of advice, helped me move on from my sophomore year when there was a drop in my grades. I know he talked to me a little bit and my family talked to me. Then I was, I was, a, I'm a, I just graduated, but I was a senior this year and I, I was making up grades from my sophomore year. And I'm glad that people talk because if I didn't make my grades up, I would never got the scholarships that I got. So I had a lot of support from the school and the teachers and they always knew I can do it. They believed in me, but I just had to want to do it. What was it that they said that got you to buy into yourself? Well, they knew that I, I'm a, I was a good student and they can see it in me from my freshman year was when I, I did pretty good and they seen that and they just motivated me and told me that I can do it and they know I can do it. I just have to want to just focus on it. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. So in your experience, was school a reproduction of social construct that mirrored social realities, or is it a place of reform where there's modification of the social reality? Yeah, um, school is kind of like, I would say like its own, I don't know the word that I'm trying to find. Uh, <laughs> brain freeze uh it's kind of like his own priority you know but i would say like it's kind of underlooked like the school's kind of underlooked by a lot of people like there's like you can hear jokes about it but to me the school it's a very good school and kids they want to graduate they have to want to do it themselves they can't expect other people to do it or the teachers to do their own things for them so if you were in charge of designing schools, what would you change? This, the Round Valley High School? Yeah. Or any school? Any school. Um, maybe a cafeteria. <laughs> You'd add a cafeteria. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it now, though, because open lunch, you can go to the store and get whatever you want. Actually, no, I wouldn't add the cafeteria. I like how it is now. <laughs> uh, maybe just more, um, maybe like more different classes and just kind of a bigger class. More variety choices. Yeah. All right. Back to the movie. Was the making of this movie just for fun? And now that you're done... Is Or is this a field or something that you want to pursue or learn more about? Yeah, um, about that. I'm attending college in the fall, and this uh, the internship inspired me to kind of go farther in the education because I'll be majoring in Native Environmental Science because I 
believe that will help me be connected with the outdoors. And um, that's the reason why I took the uh, internship because I knew it would give me more knowledge about the outdoors and just open me more as a person. And I knew it would benefit me for my future. And that's all I was thinking about was if this was what was good and bad about it for my future, but there was nothing bad about it. It was all positive and it's really benefited me and kind of like opened my future up for me. So where are you going to be going to school? Northwest Indian College in Bellingham, Washington. Wow. And tell me your major again. Native Environmental Science. Excellent. Well, I look forward to interviewing you in a few years when you've graduated and you can tell us <laughs> in looking back what these next four years were, were about for you. Yeah, I'll probably be a whole different person. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not whole different. My guess is you're going to keep a lot of you intact. So if yeah. you were in charge of the world, you'd wave a magic wand. How would you design this internship any differently? Um, this, this specific internship yeah, that I took? Yeah, that you just took. I would have kind of been more specific on a due date, <laughs> I was kind of last doing my edits last minute and turning it in. Um, I didn't really know the due date until like the last couple of weeks. So I was just felt like I had a lot on my shoulders to get this done and get schoolwork done and get some extra time for me to go play basketball or something. So that was like the only thing that I would change about it. But other than that, the communication was good and the checkups were good and the field trips were good. Everything was good. Excellent. So what advice would you have for students entering high school? Don't, don't tell yourself that you have time. That's what I did. My sophomore year, I, I was telling myself, oh, I got time. I can mess around right now. I still got next year to fix my grades. That's exactly what happened. I was just my senior year. I was stuck doing extra English class, a world history class, geometry class, just classes that I wouldn't have needed if I focused in my earlier years. And that's what I tell my younger friends, my the freshman friends that just take it seriously and just get it done. It goes by fast. Wise words. Wise words. Any last words you'd like to share with our listeners, Gerald, about your experiences either in high school or through the internship? I would just say that the internship, it was a very good opportunity for me, opened me up as a person, and it kind of laid out my future for me. And hopefully in a couple of years, I'll look back and say it helped me out a lot. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with me today. Really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. No problem. Mr. Gorman, is there anything he's yeah. forgetting that he can share with the listeners? Anything you think he should add that he hasn't brought up? No. Thanks, Bam. Yep, no problem. Bam, anything me and Mark can do for you, let us know. And uh, 
We'll kick some butt in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay. I will. You can All take right. off, man. We'll see you. Thanks, Bam. What a great, uh, awesome kid. Yeah, that was a good interview. Yeah. You know what? And we got a lot of them like that. And that's the thing that people need to realize is a lot of good quality students like that here at Mount Valley. You sure do. All right, I got a few formal questions for you. Yeah. All right, before we start the interview with Gerald, I'd like to introduce you to Round Valley High School. Round Valley High School is part of Round Valley School District in Covalo. It's a great school district. I must say, as county superintendent of schools, I've been up there a few times and had the great opportunity of being able to attend this year's graduation event. And I attend graduations because I find them to be a reflection of what the school community values. And this one was an excellent celebration of young people with a combination of student-produced music, speeches, and native prayers. So I'd like to introduce you to Round Valley Unified School District Superintendent Mike Gorman. Mike, you've been in the district now, Superintendent Gorman, for how many years? Maybe my eighth year. Eight years now. So Superintendent Gorman, when you came into the district, can you tell us a few changes that you've made or sort of kind of what, what you feel you've brought to the last eight years in Round Valley? Stability is the biggest thing. You know, before I got here, you know, the, they just had a merry-go-round of superintendents and uh, principals, and it was just pretty, it was a pretty chaotic situation. Um, there's a lot of good people here, you know, but, you know, when you don't have anybody at the top, you know, steering them in the right direction or having any type of stability, it just creates this vacuum and people kind of end up doing what they want, you know, and, uh, and that's what was going on. So, um, you know, I came in. And I think the first thing you have to establish, you know, is try to, you know, try to have a culture identity and, and try to work within that and you know, build relationships. That's just so important around here um, in any community, not just Covalo, but especially in a small town, because they're just, they, they don't trust you. They, you're an outsider coming in. Uh, they think you're going to leave after a year. Uh, so, you know, building that, those strong, you know, trusting relationships was the most important thing I had to do. So that's what I kind of did for the whole first year. I didn't really try to do a lot of structural type changes. And I think as superintendent, our biggest job is to surround ourselves with the right people. I mean, we got to get good principals. You got to get good teachers. You got to get support staff. And so we really focused on that. And, uh, you know, Mark Smith, our high school principal, I brought him down from Hoopa. So he's been with me for eight years too. So I think the high school really, really benefited from him being there for eight years. I mean, it's just the transformations are unbelievable. When I first got here, uh, our attendance, believe it or not, at the high school was under 60%. Nobody was going to school. Nobody was going to class. And now last year was over 90%. So it took us a few years to get there, but I think it's all based on stability. we got the right person there. Um, and, and the teachers are phenomenal. We just have something you know, like, bam, mentioned Kelda. Um, she's made American from Kovlo. So we've got a lot of local teachers here that have graduated or coming back and making a big difference. And, you know, they, they, they understand the community, understand the kids and culture. And, you know, I can't do it all myself. I know you asked me these questions, what kind of changes I make, but it just comes down to the people involved. The elementary school has some unbelievable people over there that are doing some really, really good job. Um, 
it's just, I, I could go on all day about the people we have here, but that's what it amounts to. But I think, you know, stability is important. You know, we've had the same board too, and that's been important for eight years. I think we've had one change and that's it. So, you know, having them, they're just so great to work with and, uh, and they understand the community they're all from here. And I think they've been a huge factor too, the stability at the board level. And, um, and we've made it work, you know, there's no guarantee it's going to work, but I think when you get the right people, you know, you know, good things happen. So when we were interviewing Gerald, he mentioned being able to take a couple years of Wailaki. Yeah. Was that something that you started or, brought, well, or, or a group yeah. of you under, I mean, under your I, leadership in the last eight years? Yeah. Well, how it worked was I, I came from Hoopa and we had native languages up there. And it was Hupa, uh, Karuk, and Yurok. And, you know, my mom was in New Mexico. She taught, she was an administrator for 25 years there. And they were having a lot of problems with the Native American culture up there in communities with the kids just dropping out of school and, and um, you know, not going to school, and, you know, the drug abuse, alcohol abuse. So what they did in New Mexico, they made it mandatory that whatever tribe you were from, you know, from kindergarten up to high school, you had to learn your native language. That was part of the curriculum. So you throw in that experience with my mom and then with Hoopa, I said, you know what, we got started here. And um, and so I remember the day we were having an impact aid meeting and, and the problem with is Round Valley, it's a confederation of seven different tribes. So you got seven different tribes, seven different languages and no, and everybody was afraid to, you know, not start a language because they didn't want to step on the toes of another tribe. And so I was sitting here one day and we were talking about it with a lot of people that, you know, were on tribal council. And uh, I said, you know what, we're doing this. This is what we're going to start with. We're going to start with wire lackey. And uh, we're going we're gonna to go from that. If people have a problem with it, then they have a problem with me. That way they didn't have to blame anybody, you know, locally. And so Cheryl Tuttle, uh, who's Native American, she works here. She was a principal for a few years, but uh, I, I kind of recruited her. I said, hey, let's, let's get this done. And she took it on. I give Cheryl Tuttle a huge amount of credit because she brought in a linguist, you know, from UC Davis. We had uh, Kayla from Humboldt State, uh, all working on the Wailaki language, you know, getting a dictionary, getting curriculum built up. And um, so, and then we got an A through G, you know, uh, requirement. So you can take that now as a A through G requirement for language, you know, a, a language other than English, I should say. And it's great. We have Wailaki one, two, three, four. Uh, Cheryl is just director now. She did teach it for a few years. We have uh, Rolinda Want. We have another teacher teaching it. And we just uh, applied for another couple of kids to teach at local, you know, graduates that are doing that. And then we have Yuki. We have Yuki 1 and 2. So we introduced Yuki a few years ago, too, because that's one of the indigenous tribes. So we have two. It's just hard to, you know, get the speakers and everything. But we're real proud of that. And as you see at graduation, we're speaking, the language is being spoken again in the Valley. And I think that's a big deal. And what's really cool is tomorrow, um, Ukiah High School has hired a POMO uh, speaker to teach POMO and, and they're coming up here and uh, Cheryl's gonna teach them how to get you know POMO A through G certified. And uh, so I think that's pretty cool that we're starting something pretty special in this community in the county. And uh, we've got native language being spoken in Round Valley, you know, which is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, our, and we speak it at the elementary schools. Cheryl's teaching in sixth grade, so she teaches Wailaki in her sixth grade class. And then uh, Rolinda Want teaches land tenure. And during land tenure, 
you know, she brings native languages into the lower grades too. So we're, to, to tell you the truth, you know, we've got a lot of good accomplishments here, but that's one of the things I'm most proud of is bringing the language, you know, back in, into our schools and having the kids starting to speak Wailaki Yuki. What's the significance of having a language be A through G? Well, it's the it, significance because you have Spanish that's A through G because you have to take two years of, uh, they say foreign language, but, you know, we call it language other than English to graduate. So now you can take Wailaki. You don't have to take Spanish for two years and meet that A through G requirement. It also is a requirement to go to a four-year college. It yep. meets that requirement yep. too. Great. What, a, what an excellent opportunity that's open to those children. It's awesome. It's, it's just grown by leaps and bounds. And uh, I think it makes, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, enrollment's up, suspensions are down, every metric, you know, is improved. And I think once you bring that culture and, you know, to, to the, to the school, I think it changes things, you know, these kids you know, really identify with that and, and latch onto it. I think it's been a win-win for everybody. So, you know, we're just, we just got to sustain it now because, you know, Cheryl's not going to be here forever, you know, so, you know, we got these younger groups coming in that we're getting them certified to teach language, Yuki and Wailaki. So they're, they're going to have to be the ones that can sustain this for years to come. So we're, we're happy where, where it's at. We'll just keep growing it and make it bigger and better. So when I was at your graduation, it was a, a, the graduation was held in a new facility that you have at Round Valley High School. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh boy, that is uh, it's another one of you know our pride and joy. You know, I it's I, they've been off and on for the last forty years trying to build a new gym around here, and we did it. You know, we we passed two bonds in our community. Um, and, you know, again, you got to thank the community for vote for two bonds. It's not easy to get, uh, you know, the board for supporting that because, you know, it looked at times that we might not get there just because, you know, the expense just kept going up. Uh, community was getting a little antsy because, you know, they want to, you know, when the taxes go up, they want to see something go up. But, you know, people don't understand how hard it is to build something in California. It is very, very difficult and it's very tiresome labor intensive it takes time but we got it and everybody loves it it's a full court high school court we got cross courts air conditioning i mean it's state of the art you can put that in ukiah any any mendocino county may be proud of it go to sonoma county it's that nice uh, of a facility and we got a, a showcase it for graduation which is pretty cool because the weather was so hot we were planning on having it outside but we might have it inside forever now because it went that good. And, you know, you could have air conditioning and cool it down. It just accommodated everything that we needed to accommodate to have a positive graduation. So we're, you were here, you know, everybody's real proud of that, that we have a new facility um, in this community. And I'm real happy to be the one that helped make that possible. And it's a beautiful facility. Graduation was perfect in there, I think. It was really well done. Okay, so tell us a little bit about the the student population at Round Valley High School. What's your what's your population like? What's well, the demographic spread? We're we're going to be up about to one hundred and fifty next year because we got a, a eighth grade class coming in, about fifty kids. But I would say, you know, it's about sixty percent Native American, probably about thirty percent, you know, Hispanic. We really have a you know, our Hispanic population has really increased in the last couple of years, and then. 
then probably another 5% is non-native, you know, not Hispanic, you know, so that's kind of where we're at, you know, with, but you know, we're growing. Uh, it's a good thing. So, I mean, when I first got here, I think we were like 80, 80, 85 students. Now next year we're going to be 150. So the growth has been unbelievable in this, not only the high school, but the district we've grown every year. Would you say that your high school and your school school in general is very much the center of the community for Covalo? Oh uh, yeah. It's one of them, you know, be, you know, we, uh, we open the gym for the community. We have soccer fields. I mean, so, you know, I, I feel very strongly to that. I, I grew up in Southern California in LA area. And when I was a kid, there was just opportunities abound, you know, with parks and recreation and activities for kids to be involved. When you come out here, we, they don't have much of that. So I, the high school facilities is pretty much the center of town. You know, outside of the tribal community, the tribe has a lot going on too, you know, with their programs. So I'd say, between us and the tribal community, we're definitely 1A, 1B in terms of offering, you know, programs for, you know, you know the community to be involved in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. It is. All right, Mike, what else can we talk about, about your schools? Give me some other things we can. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I like it out here. I think, you know, like I told you the other day, um, you know, Covalo gets, the school gets a bad rap because of Covalo in general. You know, people generalize, you know, they see a headline in Covalo, they automatically think, you know, uh, the schools, these schools are great. You know, the, the people here are great. We got some of the best staff members, you know, I you can work around. And um, I, I love everybody, the teachers, support staff. And as you saw with BAM, you got so many great kids that are so, you know, intelligent. Uh, they just need a little push, you know, and, uh, and a little support. Um, but, uh, you know, the community, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, they're so supportive, you know. And if you need their help, if you need a, a fundraiser, they're there. If you need help at a game, they're there, you know. Um, so that's what I would like to get across is that, you know, Brown Valley Unified, the schools, the people are top notch. And uh, I love being here. I love being part of it. And uh, unfortunately, you know, just because of the garbage that happens in the community sometimes, you know, it reflects negatively on the school. But you know what? Our kids are awesome. I wouldn't trade them for anybody. (laughs) They are awesome. In, in listening to the bios that were given to each one of the graduates during graduation, you have high-achieving students at Round Valley High School. Those yeah. students are going to go far post-graduation. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, you know, we're, get, we're doing a lot better with kids going to college you know, or just going anywhere post-graduate. So, you know, I attribute that to the high school, too. You know, Mark Smith, the principal, Kelda, you know, all these people are really encouraging, you know, Kelda's great because she's from here and went away to college. And so she could bring those experiences back to them and say, Hey, you know, Hey, look, you go away, go away for a few years you know, get that experience out of Covalo and then you can always come back. So she's huge, you know, for that. And uh, so I think you're starting to see more kids, you know, saying, yeah, let's get away for a few years. Either go to Humboldt, you know, state or college of Redwood, just do something, you know, for the next four years and see where it takes you. And then if, the opportunities arise back in Covalo, then great, you come back home. 
So we're, we're starting to gain way more traction in that area, which is good. You've spent a lot of time giving your teachers uh, some skills in what we call positive behavior intervention and supports. Can you talk a little bit about those strategies that your elementary schools might use? Well, when I first got here, before I got here, they, you know, had initiated that PBIS behavioral you know, program and it's worked out great. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that's another reason why our elementary schools really thriving too, because I think those initiatives have been proven. Everybody's on board. Everybody's all in on it. And um, instead of, you know, constantly disciplining kids and you're rewarding for good behavior. And, uh, and, you know, so we have weekly or no monthly quarterly and all that stuff. We're, we're always doing something positive with those kids. And I think that pays off in the long run. And, um, so the teachers have worked hard on that. You know, they've done a really good job in, in, in putting that together, staying consistent with it, you know, for eight years. That's hard to do. So, you know, I give them a lot of credit for the culture that was over there because, it, uh, believe me, it wasn't always like that. It was it was crazy when I first got there. But, you know, we, we stuck to it, and uh, I think it's paid dividends. And the tricky part with rolling out that specific initiative is it really does take the entire school community to oh, be yeah. on board with those uh, with those strategies. Yep. And when I have toured Round Valley schools, I've seen those strategies across the board. The custodian, the secretary, the teacher, the bus driver. I mean, you really see it, everyone utilizing the same strategies. And when you see that level of commitment, you get the results that you're getting in, in Round Valley. Yeah, that's, you know, we don't focus on the results of my coaching comes out and me, you know, we just do the right things the right way and the results will take care of themselves. And that's what's happened. Mm -hmm. Wise words, wise words to your fellow administrators coming in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's about it, Michelle. I got Yeah, it. no, I, super I appreciate you. Right yep. No, you're good. Okay. okay. Thanks a ton. Thanks, Michelle. Have a good summer. We'll see you. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Woolitz and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening.